I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Sad to Say, episode 107, which will be the last episode that Mr. Tommy and I always do, brought to you as always by Defend Soap, Defend What You Have Built, and Dalmer Mats. And Tommy, we've been trying to put this together for a few weeks now. Um, so we're telling our listeners this is the last episode we will ever do together, I think. It's been a fun run. Uh, what's new with you, man? Not the much, brother. And I, we, I do announce this with you. Uh, with some regret, but it is the right decision for a number of reasons. And what's new with me is same as what's always been with me, uh, which has been why it's been difficult to schedule our podcast. I'm busy for a lot of good reasons. Busy is busy with business. Busy raising four kids. I'm on the road a lot. And simply put, Ben, I just can't dictate my schedule. I can't control it the way that I would prefer to control it. And I can't let uh, I can't let you down. I can't let. I can't let our followers down anymore, so I gotta gotta take a step out of this. So, sure. Let's other than that, man, I'm good. I'm still following the sport like like a madman. That's, and, fair. Uh, That's fair. Um, so you know, let's talk about uh, um, where we're, where I'm going to go from here because you know, you are stepping out, and you know, I'm hoping you're going to pop in. Um, as a guest commentator once in a while. That that's what I'm actually hoping. Uh man, but, that's expectation. When we started this, it, we started this as strictly 100% a hobby and it, and it always was a hobby, but um I think that because of my schedule, I will be able to and I want to pop in and I want to be a regular guest. So I expect for that to happen. You better let me on. <laughs> So uh, what we're getting at is that I am going to – I'm going to take this show on the road. Um, Tommy, oh, my God. I just looked. I said it's episode – it's actually episode 109 that we're, that we're on and that will be our final episode. Another ever. reason why I need to retire. <laughs> uh, all good. Um, so I, I will be starting the Rudest Wrestling Podcast with Matt Dernlin. Uh, Matt Dernlin is former Binghamton head coach, coach at Penn State, been around the sport forever. Uh, we are probably going to start up in about two weeks – uh, the plan is to make it uh, uh, a, a twice weekly show. Probably Monday, Thursday is what we're looking at right now. Maybe Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, we're gonna do video format as well. And you know, with Matt, Matt now works for Rudis. Um, he's kind of in charge of uh, what will now be the media portion. And he's gonna, you know, part of his job, part of his full time job is this podcast. So we are gonna be able to be super consistent. We're gonna be able to deliver two podcasts a week. Um, and, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, you know, I think you and I have developed a good camaraderie, a good relationship. But, um, you know, Matt, Matt's pretty funny, pretty witty also. So I think him and I can kind of do the same thing that you and I have, hopefully. Well, I think so. I mean, I think obviously I'm, I'm, uh, I'm involved at Rudis, So I'm happy for it to continue in a way where I still have some, some direct, uh, I guess, association with what's going on. And 
I think that it will be something that continues on and, and uh, probably probably improves. Although I think some of the conversations we have, I think it's going to be a while for you and you and Matt to really get down and dirty the way that you and I get down and dirty. Yeah. But that's that's to be expected. I think it's going to be a great um, great dynamic, great thing for wrestling. Two episodes a week, fifty two weeks a year, plus or minus, you know, depending yeah. on situation. And, and we're also we're, we're really talking about what we're talking about today is doing. Um, some more game day type of stuff. You know, Tommy, I actually let you down. You got us press passes to the NCAA tournament last year, and I was not able to make it. Um, but Matt and I are trying to hash that out ahead of time. You know, I think we're going to pick out a few really cool duels that we can go to and, and you know, podcast from there. We're going to try to – we're going to go to the NCAA championships for sure. We're going to, you know, do an episode after every session, I believe it is. Um, you know, so we are going to kind of uh, take this thing to the next level, if you will. No, I think – the the production value and and the frequency of content and the organizational structure I'm sure it's no secret it's going to be uh, way better than you and I could have ever done and have done Ben um, and I'm excited about that and I hope that uh, I can be a little spice to the stews <laughs> every every now and again be a be a guest uh, hopefully frequently during the wrestling season or when when I feel the need to rant or you think I'd be um, a good a good guess for the topic, but it should be fun. I think that there, you know there's a lot of tentacles associated with this media platform that that Rudis is creating with you, and I think the podcast is the tip of the spear, um, and it's the beginning. But there's going to be a lot of a lot of fun things that go on with it. Awesome, yeah, and I agree. So let's not make this too sappy and too sad. Uh, let's get into this. I, I know we t- we t- we had three or four topics that we wanted to hit and talk about today uh, before we sign off for good. Is that fair? That's, I'm in. I'm in. Let's okay. do this. Well, you, the first one I want to talk about, which I think is, I mean, honestly, I think we could make a whole podcast episode about this because I think it doesn't just apply to this individual, but I think it has, I think it has larger implications as well. Um, Daniel Kirklevit, which you will be very happy with because he just committed to the Ohio State. But what we've seen, and we've talked about this man many times, he originally committed to the University of Minnesota. Um, you, at that point, made the argument that that was dumb because Gable's going to be there and he's going to be a heavyweight also. You were proven right. He then decommitted, committed to Oklahoma State very quickly afterwards, decommitted from Oklahoma State, opened up his recruitment. A lot of people, most people, thought he was going to Penn State. Um, as we were all hearing that Kale was recruiting him hard, and he ends up going to Ohio State, which, um, man, just the journey there <laughs> before he even gets to college is fantastic, right? I'm ecstatic with the end result. At least, at least we, at least I think it's the end result. But yeah, you never know. He could be going for four. Yeah, man, and you know, you look at the whole commit decommit thing that you and I have spoken about. Um, and candidly, I think the first one was legitimate, right? I mean, well, they're all legitimate. Him going but, to Minnesota? Well, yeah. I mean, I think he committed to Minnesota at a time where he thought he was a 97-pounder. I'm not putting yeah. words in his mouth or his family's mouth, but I, I mean, I think that's probably the way it went down. And then you realize that. And I mean, obviously, I, you know, I think him and Gable are friends, so he's probably like, hey, yeah. well, you know, I get to go to college with my best Which friend. We're going to be a killer one-two punch, bam, payow. So yeah, well, I'll, tell what, ben, I'll tell you what, Ben. You stand next to this kid, and it's very clear. Well, he's not really a kid, but he is a kid. If you know what he's, I mean. Well, he's only seventeen. He was still a cadet this yeah. year. It's just very clear that he is absolutely destined for heavyweight. Come on, man. He's ninety-seven. 
I do think there's a small chance that he's he he might stay. Uh, he might not be a heavyweight um, international, but even still, I, I just don't doubt. Well, heavyweight it. international, you only have to make two thirteen or two fifteen. Yeah, so that, it's doable. But I don't even know if that's what's best for him. I think sure. I think him being a two hundred forty pound monster is probably what's best for him. But um, yeah, absolutely. So I mean. I, I, and, I, and I think you and I agree on this one a lot. Um, so I, I don't know that we're going to have too much of a debate. But this is where, and again, we see it all the time, kids decommitting um, and people saying, oh, why can't they stand by the commitment? This kind of crap, which is like right. you, know, you and I both feel very strongly against that. I mean, um, you know, he committed at a time when he was 16. And then, no, fi- I believe he was 15 when he committed. And... You know, fifteen kids, fifteen year old kids do a lot of stupid things, and then and then obviously he had a great reason for decommitting. That hey, he's going to sit on the bench for two to three years, um, right. and so I mean, in in my estimation, absolutely no fault on the kid. I don't, I, you know, if there's one fault he would have had, and this is what all kids do, he got excited, he committed Oklahoma State. He right. probably should have sat on that one, waited a while to make that decision. But, you know, all these college coaches are putting crazy pressure on these kids right now. So it's hard when these young kids hear from these college coaches and, you know, the college coaches are saying, well, the offer is only on the table for two more weeks or, or whatever whatever the time period they put on it. Well, yeah, the truth is is that in a perfect world, I think we would all prefer if it were our children to make a commitment once and never have to change that decision. I mean, you don't want – it's not the goal when you commit – your goal is to not change your mind. So obviously when this happens, it's not a good thing, but it's so much more relatable and understandable to me when the process allows for and in fact kind of backs kids into a corner where they're forced to make decisions before they know what they want, they know what they're capable of, they even know what weight class they're going to be. And so it's it's common. It's it's an easy thing to see how it could happen or transpire. Um, and I don't like it, but I am empathetic to why it happens. And if I was a college coach, if I had a kid commit prior to his senior fall, I would say all that means is I'm his number one choice, and I got to keep recruiting the dog do out of him. That's how I would feel yeah. if I yep. him out sophomore. I, I, I agree, a hundred percent. And you know, fr- frankly, where I would go is I, I, if I was in charge of NCAA, obviously I, I would change the regulations where you can't recruit yeah. kids that early. There's just, there's just no sense in it. Kids change. Kids change right. their mind. Programs change. Coaches change. Um, there's just so much that changes. So the recruiting process, in my estimation, should happen significantly later. But obviously until the rules change, it ain't going to change. Um, let, let me ask you this. because I, I, Man, Tommy, I was like when, when this happened and I, and I was hearing about this, and I was really wishing we had our show at that time because I just needed. I, I don't care. I don't. I didn't call we, you. We, we did not have our show. We just took a long break. Okay. Well, whatever it was, I yeah. didn't get to talk about it. I can't remember who I called and talked to about this, but it might have even been Matt, who's going to you know Matt Durling, the new podcast host. Um, so we we both had heard that Kale was recruiting Kirk Levitt hot and heavy at uh, at one of the national team camps, right? That he was wrestling with him and blah 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 blah. And I thought just that in himself, that in itself, was such a fascinating topic because, I mean, obviously if you go to Penn State, there is, there's this recognition um, that they're going to recruit the best kids, obviously, no matter what, right? But they had just gotten Seth Nevels, uh, you know, whose brother Nick Nevels is on the team. He's a right. huge heavyweight, so it's not like there's yeah. any changing weight classes in this scenario. So it's like... Right. 
obviously Seth's older brother, Nick, who's now been on the team for four years, he's probably built some friendships. He's probably close with a lot of the kids. And so it's like, you know, I was curious, like, what kind of, um, you know, division could that put in the team that Kale was willing to go out and recruit someone who would then come in and take Seth Neville's spot? And it's not like, it's not like Seth Neville can just bump up to the next week or, or go down. You know, he's essentially on the bench. Um, yeah. For the whole career, what do you think about that? I mean, am, am I right on the point that's going to create division, or is it just you think that's accepted I mean, at Penn State? I think it's a. Uh, I think it really is um, an interesting dynamic because Ohio State has a similar but not the same um, situation in Ohio State with well, you got Singletary. Singletary. But but I think some things can be done there. But even still, it creates that that that. So is Singletary going down because that, that's what everyone else is assuming. I think I think there's a possibility that that could happen one day, but I think it's a couple of years away anyway, and all that's all that all those types of things. But I think the the truth is is that um, I think it depends on the culture you have in your program, and and if if that type of uh, tactic reflects how you are 365 days a year, because I think if the kids are not surprised by the angle that you take on the recruiting front, and it is truly who you are as a coaching staff, then the kids should be more receptive to it. But if you've been singing from one hymnal for years and then and then all of a sudden you have a sudden change in your behavior as a coach on the recruiting front, I think that's where the kids have more division than not. And I know Tom Ryan does a phenomenal job and it is it, it is a reflection of who he really is that we're going to go get the best guys. No um, matter gonna, what, in every gonna, scenario, is that what he says? We're going to do what's best for this program, and in theory, what's best for this program should be what's best for you, right? And so, I think he—I I know he believes that, and I think to an extent, um, that is more true than not, really, in any in any program. Um, but it does create that there 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 can only be ten starters, and at certain weight classes, there's nowhere to turn other than win your wrestle off or, or make your varsity spot. So. I'm not answering it in a very clear way, Ben, but I think that Kale. No, I mean is, you, you are answering it, Tommy. I mean you, you're. Um, hey, you know what? You know what's so funny is I just had a. Uh, I just did a mental Monday. My mental Monday. You know, maybe we can discuss this, and this kind of fits in this topic. Yeah. Was on sympathy, empathy, and and guilt. Um, right. And I was kind of talking about kids in my room, maybe taking it easy on each other because they felt, you know, some sympathy that hey he's kicking, but how that how that really at the end doesn't do anyone any good. But you also have to this have to have this balance because if you, if you say kill a kid too much then you know they're not maybe not going to be there you know and, and in my room it's a little different because we have a lot of a lot of competitive kids and i can switch them around but you know in a high school room where maybe there's only a couple of them that's where it really gets difficult but i mean right. i guess you know i guess what you're saying you're saying no matter what under any circumstance we're gonna get the best kids that we can get um and you know listen and you know what honestly I didn't think I was going to agree with you, but I, I, I guess I do agree with you. I, I think it has to be – it has to – you have to be about that. You have to, you have to truly be about that because we're talking about humans, right? And so it doesn't matter what you say. It's how you make someone feel. And if you're about that from the time you walk into that kid's living room when he was 17 or whenever – whatever the rules are now, and then when he's 20 and he's a redshirt sophomore – and you get some blue chipper to come in at his weight class. If you've been about that message from the time you walked into his living room yeah. to the time he's yeah. now on the other end, 
he's he's not gonna like it, but he's gonna be he's gonna be about it too because yeah. that's what that's what he signed up for. And so I really think it depends. It's it's highly dependent on the staff, the culture, the leadership. Does it really reflect your values and who you are and what you stand for? And I know at Ohio State, that is the case. Why wouldn't it be the same at Penn State? So to me, it seems a little more ridiculous. And you can make the other argument, Ben. We're talking about individual sport. You could say that you completely sold the kid out. His future is completely in shambles now, blah, blah, blah. You could do that. But yeah. there's a, there is a team element. There's a program element of a sport. And so there are lessons to learn. There is value to be gained from kids being put in these positions. And so if you're about it and that's what your culture reflects, I think it's okay. Yeah. Wow. That, that was good, Tommy. That, that was not what I was expecting. Uh, I, me, I, I, I liked it. Me, that was great. Let me add one thing. Yeah. Um, I learned to think that way when I was, when I was um, on Tom Ryan's staff beginning, I think, in 06 or 07. I learned to think that way. If you would ask me that question 12, 13, 14 years ago, when I was 24, 5, 6, any time prior to that, mm-hmm. I would have said, you can't do that. It's not sure. right. You're breaking apart the honor of what's good about wrestling and the fact that it's an individual sport, blah, blah, blah. But I've learned to think the way that I just you know, kind of explained. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and frankly, Penn State's, <laughs> I mean, what, two years ago they won a national title in half the damn weight classes. So I guess the expectation to go there is to win the national title. And if you're not the best, then kind of so what, right? I kind of remember. I mean, I'm sure you felt this way, Ben, and I think it's a rare, rare way to think. But, you know, in my mind, when I was in, when I went to Ohio State and when we were recruiting guys around my way or when I chose to commit to Ohio State and there was uh, some good guys in the weight, you know, in my mind, it was like, I want to be the best in America in college wrestling. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who they put in front of me in practice or in a dual meet or in a tournament. I have to be the best in my weight class in the United States. So although I don't want the number two guy to be my wrestle off. It is what it is. I've I'm I've burned my boat, so to speak, and I got to be a national champion. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Actually, you know what? I told you. I think I probably brought this up on the podcast before, but I uh, I wrote a book at one point with a sports psychologist, and we never right. published it because it wasn't good enough. But one of the things that we did is we uh, sent out questionnaires, ten question questionnaires, to any NCAA champion in the past fifty years. So at this point. I wonder if you returned yours, Tommy. I should try. I have a staff. I did. I did. Okay, I should go look back and find you your look answers. <laughs> uh, look it up. I, I would love. And you know what? I think there's. I think I'm a different me now. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that would be fascinating to see that. Um, so yeah. So anyways, one of the, my favorite answers of all of them was, uh, and I'm I'm gonna misquote this, but I'm gonna get the gist of it correctly. Mark Schultz said something like. You know, when I think about going out to wrestle my opponent, I think about, um, you know, if that guy was in the room with me every single day, would I, would I let them beat me every single day? And the, an- the answer is no. There's no way I'm going to let someone beat me every single day, day in and day out. So I knew when I went out there, I was confident that I could handle that situation. And, you know, kind of what one of the things I learned from all that stuff is um, is that everyone has a little different way of thinking of why they deserve to win or why they think they should win or whatever it is, you know. But obviously, you know, that's him putting his mindset in there. And, you know, I, and I try to use that with my kids today. Is like, especially, you know, if we 
have a say a national team training situation in Wisconsin, and we throw some of the other better kids. Go out there and try to hammer them the best that you can in that practice, and that way, you know, when it does come time for the matches late in the season, um, they're going to remember what that felt like. Right, I like it, and and I do think I think everyone it's it's a highly mental sport. Most sports are, and it's all about what you've done in your mind to make yourself feel like you should win. And that's the greatest advantage you can give yourself going into those matches. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, hey, so give me give me some feedback here. So I kind of just tell you what I said yesterday. Um, so I do my mental Mondays every Monday um, on Facebook. You guys can check them out if you're listening to this and you have not seen them. Um, but I was talking about sympathy, empathy, and I was kind of just talking about the situation where, um, and I didn't I didn't have a final answer, Tommy. I I, said, I, I wish I kind of had like a panel to discuss this with because I don't feel like I have a final answer, but I feel like the answer I'm going to give you and the questions I'm going to ask you are better than what's out there now because it's right. a topic no one really talks about. And I said, the one thing I hate is when, you know, a coach, uh, they say, just get tougher. Just be t- just try to try to beat them no matter what, you know? And I, <laughs> I, I, I think... I think I the, don't like that. I think the answer is just so much more complicated than that. Um, right. You know, and, and I know I know that the end result we're going to get to is that, um, you know, sympathy in itself doesn't really help anyone accomplish anything. Um, right. But I think there's, you know, and I, you know, I brought up a couple stories. And so, you know, you can take this where you want to. But I brought up my five-year-old, and she's kind of faking injuries in her gymnastics class that she goes with my mom right. to. And so I said, well, I'm not going to challenge her on the injuries. I'm just going to say, okay. So I said, hey, Alex, you know. You, you might get hurt, but it's really important when you get hurt to pop back up and get back in there because, listen, that that's life. That's sport. When you're going to get hurt sometimes, you just got to get back up and get in there even if it hurts. No big deal. You know, so I'm not challenger, challenging your injury, but I'm saying, hey, you know, we have to deal with that. So, you know, I think that I'm showing some sympathy. And, but the, then, it's, it's the same message, but you're using tact. You're using empathy for what they're, you know, you're, you're relating to what they're experiencing. And so that get, people can get behind that a lot easier, in my opinion. Yeah, and then the the other story I said was, um, you know, it's a, with the fast twitch muscle fiber guys. You know, Nick Marable was one I use an example. One summer we wrestled once a week and we do a really long extended go. And, and the idea was not that he was going to get in that much better shape, right? He's a sprinter. A sprinter's never going to be a marathon, and a marathoner's never going to be a sprinter. But the idea is that he would get comfortable wrestling with that kind of feeling. Uh, being right. exhausted and dealing with it and figuring out how to, and you know, so when they're get, when kids are getting really, and I've obviously done this with other, a lot of other people, when when they get really tired, you, don't, you know, you don't say you're a piece of crap. Why are you so tired? Pick right. it up. You say, hey man, doing great. Let's go. Keep going. Keep pushing. And but then you keep kicking their ass. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, um, so I guess, uh, and I don't know. If, I'm not expecting you to have a final answer, but you know, give me some feedback on that sympathy, empathy type of thing. Um, I, I totally, I totally agree with the approach. You know, I got, I got four kids too. My my oldest child is, um, she plays soccer. She's in the sixth grade. She's turning 12 in January, so she's kind of, you know, getting mature now. And we're having, she's very good at soccer. We're having lots of interesting conversations, and she struggles when it's really hot out, Ben. When it's really, really hot mm. outside, like 90 degrees, humid. Like it was this August, or yeah, absolutely. You know, and so she struggles. In my opinion, she has a harder time dealing with it than most girls. And you know, you could say to her, "Hey, you just got to get tough. You know, you're you're not being tougher than the other girls. They can deal with it, and you can't." But instead, you know, I say, "Hey, I know it's hot. I'm not gonna dis- I'm not gonna tell you it's not hot outside, but it is the same temperature for every other girl out there. Yeah, so you have to learn to." 
relate to what everyone else is going through and realize that if somebody else can deal with it, so can you. So you're, to me, it's like it's. I'm sympathetic with the fact that it's hot. I'm empathetic to how she feels, but you're also pushing them in that direction of you have to change where your head is at. You have to change your mind yeah. because it's in the right place. And so, hey, I, you know, I hear my funny. I got a funny story on the same topic. If you want to okay. hear, it. maybe you you could tell Ellie this story if you'd like to. But you know, I used to I used to be highly competitive in disc golf, which I, I actually you know, Tommy, this summer I finished building a nine hole disc golf course in my property. I'll be building another nine next summer um, to make eighteen. You make it open to the public or is it private? Hell no! I don't want a bunch of weirdos on my property. Give me a break. <laughs> my friends can come over. Uh, I'm going to eventually build the academy on my property, and uh, you know, academy people will probably be able to play. And I'm thinking maybe doing like a pro tournament once in a while, where people from I see I would love to do tournaments, right, Tommy? But then the idea if I do tournaments, then strange people know where the disc golf course is. Then strange people are going to show up. I don't really want strange people showing up. So therefore, I can't have tournaments, unfortunately. I don't know. Is that fair? No, that's good. Okay. I'm, all, I'm all good. I, I, love, I love how you think, man. Okay. I love it. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, I don't know where people show up. Anyways, when I used to be highly competitive in disc golf, I would – I desired really poor playing conditions, Right. Because yeah. I was an athlete in another sport, and I, and I was able, you know, especially wrestling. Wrestling has more adversity than almost anything, you know. Um, and most of these disc golfers were kind of fat, out of shape, not great athletes, you know. And so I was hoping, like, for really windy conditions, because that makes it harder. Or I hope it was raining, or or really hot, or something like that. Because I knew, I knew I would deal with whatever conditions there were significantly better than anyone else. And right. so, you know, I would be praying for the worst conditions possible because I knew it was going to benefit me because I knew I could hang in there and deal with it and be tough. And, and Yeah, and, and I knew other people weren't going to handle those same adversities the same way that I was. So I would always cheer for the bad weather. You know, I, I do like that angle. I'm going to explain that to her. It's like, hey, it's, an, it's, a, it's a quicker weed out when you have tough conditions. <laughs> Absolutely. It really, it really is, you know, because you know, you, and my wife tells me, she tells me I'm semi-delusional and I – and I and I find a way to to make everything slanted to my advantage, even if it's not. So it could also just be that. Too. I think, but I think you are semi delusional. I actually think she's like you have to create the delusions sometimes. They almost are delusions in a way, Ben. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, a little bit. So, but anyways, I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but it's almost like you do. I mean, a lot of a lot of great people that I talk about, even great people outside of sports, it's they talk about how they almost make themselves believe something that they intuitively know yep. is maybe not practical, but they box themselves in to thinking that it's the only way. Yeah, actually, you know what? That That's funny. That brings me back to uh, the book I wrote. It actually might have been uh, – I'm thinking this might have been your form, Tommy. Um, oh, it might have been. It was so funny, and you can tell me if this is something you did, and this might be you. But it was really funny because back-to-back, it was like you know I would read through these forms, right, and, try, and I would try to kind of – gather what all the data was telling right. us and it was so and it, you know part of it is people delusional like we're saying but it was really funny because one of them said um you know i need to try i needed to train all year round because that was what gave me advantage over my opponents who are not training year round something to that effect right right and then the very next one was like i really needed to take a six you know it was i have camera for six weeks or two months off um because that's when my body really needs to recover um and i need that time off for my mind and that's what allows me to get ready and crank it up during season again or something to that effect Right. Was that you or no? 
Well, it sounds like me, but I can't. I don't remember me like typing that in okay. for the. But but like, I do. Sh- I I did. I did have that in my mind. I needed to feel like I deserved to win, but I also needed to make sure my mind was rested for the push. Yeah. And so I I did have that balance on a twelve month calendar. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. So it was funny though because obviously those guys both whoever wrote that won a national title because we only interviewed national champions. Right. And so one of them is saying I need this, and the next one is saying I need this, even though it's the exact opposite of what the previous one said. Um, right. So it was just, it was always just funny when you would see those things and how those things worked out. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Okay. Well, we kind of got I don't we got off on tangent, which we always do. I like it. Um, yeah, that, that was a fun one. The last yep. thing I, you know, I wanted to hit up, and because you actually get to go, and I'm hoping I'm going next. Yeah, year. so I, we're, we're I'm, I'm I'm leaving the podcast, um, not not forever, but just as a permanent fixture in the podcast. I'm leaving. However, I am finding time to take my last three vacation days of the year and watch the World Championships in Budapest, which that's I'm so awesome. I'm taking my oldest son. He doesn't know it yet. It's going to be a great Dude, trip. Dude, we can't put this podcast out there. He's going to listen. He doesn't listen. He okay. doesn't listen. His buddy at school is going to listen. Like, Tommy, Tommy, <laughs> you're going to Budapest. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so I have actually, here, truth be told, I've never been to World Championships. I made the Olympic team. That's all I've ever been to. Um, I need to go. I And then next year is in, was it in Kazakhstan, Astana, maybe? That's the, yeah, and that's the biggest reason I'm going this year is because I know I'm not going next year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that uh, I'm in Tokyo, but I just wanted to, to be at a World Championships. I went to the Vegas Worlds in 15, though, so um, that was good. Yeah. Um, so my wife was having a kid at that point, so that's why I couldn't go to that one. Yeah, you're out. You're out. So, um, okay, so obviously I think the – the person and the storyline you're probably most looking forward to will be Snyder versus Sedulayev. Uh, am I right on that one? I mean, yeah, of course. But I'm excited about a lot of matches. But yeah, okay. Snyder-Layev part two has got to be the number one matchup, right? Um, well, I might say Burroughs-Chimizo, but I mean, we could, we could slice it both ways. You could say um, Burroughs, Chimizo. You could say yeah. Snyder-Layev part two. You could say, you could say Taylor, Yazdani, Chiriti. You could say well, those are the top three matchups. I think. So, let, let, okay, so let's go with uh, let let's go with this. Um, I, Flo did this a little while ago. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. So you, you and I can do this um, for the world championships. We're gonna we're gonna say who on you know we can go top five, top six. Who on Team USA we think is most likely to win a gold medal? And uh, you know we don't need to go all the way down to number ten, but we could probably go say one through six, one through seven. Um, are you, are you down for this or what? I am. I am. I'm excited about this. Okay. Um, we got to go through 10, though, Ben. Come on. You want to go all the way to 10? Well, I don't want someone that, you know, who's okay, the, yeah, Probably yeah, Nishan. Probably Nishan's going to feel bad. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's going to be last five. place on mine. Let's do five. Let's do five. Well, let's see. Well, I just said he's going to be last, so I guess the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Right. Um, you know, I, I would go, uh, obviously, I'm going – Innocent until proven guilty. Kyle Snyder, he's, he's won three in a row. Obviously, he, ju- he just had the hiccup last month. Um, what tournament was that again? The Medved? Or, yeah. Oh, no. It was at, uh, where was he? It was the Turkey was- one. The Turkey one. Yazardogu. Yazardogu, yep. Um, so it, it was at the Yazardogu. Had a little hiccup there. But you know what? Kyle's had a little hiccup 
pretty much every I, every single year he has. You know, he's taken a loss or two or three. Um, and, and he shows up to wrestle, uh, you know, every single time. And I guess the other thing here is um, it's not, I would say, it's not as deep of a weight class. There's not as many guys where I'm like, that guy can win, that guy can win, that guy can win. Right. You know? Um, so, obviously, you know, Flo just put up the, the, the world rankings, um, which, you know, are probably the best world rankings. Uh, they just put those up the other day. And, uh-huh. you know, when you look at him, Snyder lost to the number three guy. I think his name is Alborov, right? Is that the guy's name? He lost right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alborov. And then, you know, when you look below that, it's like, man, there's there's no one that kind of even has a chance to beat him, I don't believe. And so. Now, I've heard chirps that Yazdani, the old school Yazdani, the fire. coming back. I've heard this too. I've heard that too. Now. And that doesn't mean that he's automatically shoots to the top of the pile with Snyder and uh, Sajalayev, but that is a very interesting dynamic because that dude could flat out scrap. Yeah, and you know, and when you look at his body style, he has a body style that right. Kyle will struggle with because um, right. you know Kyle controls center pushes a lot, and um, and Yazdani doesn't get particularly tired. You know, no. which is something Kyle does to a lot of people. Um, and so yeah, it's a tough matchup. And you know, when you think about Yazdani's last match at the Olympics, what was that two years ago? He got cheated. That that was crap. Um, I think it was the Georgian guy, maybe Odakadze or something that he got cheated against. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, I, I would love to see it. Um, is he coming back for real? I I don't know at this point. I don't have my ear to the rails on the international wrestling world. Um, I wish I had some inside information, but I don't. <laughs> yep. So are you going? Are you going Snyder number one? I am. Going, I mean, it's just like to me. There's three guys, and it's their likelihood for gold is almost the same to me. But because of Snyder going for his fourth, and he's been winning world championships at a higher rate than the other two, won by an v- extremely small margin. Um, I'm going to go all Snyder. by extremely small margin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so we got we got the same number one, um, and you know Sejulayev was talking about going ninety two all year, but you know I just I don't see him going down anymore because it's like he's never going to go back down to eighty six. So, kind of what's the point? Um, and why why do you think he couldn't go that back down to eighty six? I mean, I think he just I think they don't cut weight well, and the morning of well, the land, fair. which that's you fair. Know, the foreign wrestlers don't ex- you know our wrestlers obviously at the collegiate level. Well, with level. the new weight rule, that kind of yeah, I, I don't even. Now I take back what I suggested that he could do it with the new weigh-in rule. It's not possible. Yeah, not possible. So you know him going to ninety-two. I don't. I don't really see the point in that. Um, yeah. So I see him staying at ninety-seven kilo the whole time. Um, yeah. I hope. I hope Yas Dines comes comes back. He was one of the guys I, I really enjoyed watching him. You know, he's quite, he's older than me, so watched him growing up and wrestling internationally. It'd be fun to see him come back. You know, but they, the older guys never have the pop that they used to have. No. So no. we'll see how he does. Yep. Um, okay, who's your number two? I mean, I, I, I'm guessing it's – well, maybe it's not obvious. My number two is Burroughs. Oh, okay. Um, for the same reasons that Snyder's my number one. Um, and – you know, it's weird though. My top three though, it's just a tough call. But yeah, I'm going with Burroughs. Okay, so I thought you were gonna go with Snyder. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I thought you were gonna go with David Taylor, who has been probably wrestling better than anybody. Um, I, I mean, the top three to me, I wouldn't be mad at anyone 
using the top three in any particular order, I wouldn't feel impassioned to disagree with them. And I don't mean to be vanilla on this, but it's just the truth, man. It's just the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can agree with that. Obviously, Snyder, uh, David Taylor's been really hot lately. Um, well, you know, the, the one guy he hasn't wrestled is the best guy. And, um, you know, if you, if you go back and watch their match that they had in the World Cup in which David Taylor pinned him, I mean, Chirati was throwing him around for, you know, two and a half minutes. And, and David did a great job. And Yeah, I mean, David, the right guy won on that day. The right guy won. Absolutely. Um, but a, but no- a lot of people would have got flustered under those circumstances. And David did a great job, kept yeah. his composure, stuck in it. Um, and then, you know, when Chirati exhausted himself, he, he was just, you know, he does what David Taylor does. I, I think Chirati and Taylor is going to be an all-out war. And I think that's a compliment to David, not a cut, because yeah. he whipped him a year ago. It's like, well, you know, but he didn't whip him though. I mean, yeah. right? If we look at a year ago, you know, Chirati was whooping him for a while. Right. David gassed him out and pinned him. And so, you know, I think what I was going to say is, I think we're going to see a dramatically different match, uh, a match in where Yasnai Chirati tries to slow it down, and he realizes kind of what pace David's going to wrestle at the whole time. And so, I think it's probably going to be. You know, I, I could be wrong. But I think it's going to be a more tactical match than it was last time. I think it will be close, but I don't. I, I think it'll be pretty action packed. I mean, those guys—it's—it's it's not in their DNA either one of them to kind of play the game a little bit. I mean, so you don't Chirot, think you could see a scenario where um, Trotty maybe gets to his underhook like he's getting to, and then Trotty's going to dig underhooks to both sides like he does to everybody else. Yep. And David Taylor will not be able to contain himself. He will be creating action off of those holds. And it'll be lots of fun wrestling from mm-hmm. that. That's kind of what I'm seeing. And when I watch both of them wrestle other people, is how how can you possibly watch Yazdani Shirati in, in all the matches you've watched him? How could you possibly see him not going forward and digging underhooks? I don't see him not doing that. Yeah, and, I have been, I could just see him sitting a little more with the underhooks and maybe, you know, I yeah, yeah just kind of not not pushing as hard as he did previously. Well, I think I think you're right about that. I think he's going to be a little bit more intelligent about how he pursues Taylor, but I think he's going to get in on those hooks and I think Taylor is not just going to circle out of them. That's not in his DNA. And so yeah. I just think we're going to see a lot of wrestling. Yeah. Um I hope that's how it turns out. That would be fantastic. Well, anyways, I'm, I going really with, like I'm going with Burroughs too. But you could make a strong argument that David Taylor has been the most dominant American for the past 365 days. Yeah, you can Other make that than, argument again, very easily. And so, you no. know, it, I, th- I think what this argument comes down to is very simple. is like, is Burroughs more likely to beat Chimizo? than Taylor is to be Chirati because when, when you really go deeper than that, you, you can't really see Burroughs or Taylor losing to anyone on down the list. I, I, you know, I have a hard time seeing that. And you can't see Snyder losing to anyone other than uh, Sajalaya. Well, I'll, I'll, I mean, you can make the argument easier because Alborov beat him a couple weeks ago, you know? That's right. And, and that's right. So, and so You could make the argument a little easier. But I'm it, do I think Snyder's going to lose to Alborov? No, I don't. I'm going Snyder-Burroughs 1-2. Because at this stage, at this stage, they've proven, like David Taylor has at every other stage other than this one, because he hasn't been on this one yet, they've proven that they will prevail. And yeah. so I have to go with them one, too. But 
I mean, David is it's like one A, one B, and one C to me is what I'm was what I'm saying here on these three guys. Ah, oh, he's such an ass kisser. <laughs> serious, man. Like I'm selling on Kyle Dayton. I think he can win the damn thing. Okay, I'm going Snyder. I'm going Snyder one, David two, Burroughs three. We talked about them. You're going Dake. Are you going Dake four? I'm going Dake four because uh, I, Gwiz and Green. I think uh, there's no no. Uh, well, Cox, I, would say, I mean, Jaden's got. He hasn't looked great gosh, in the last God, year. Good man. <laughs> I mean, Jaden hasn't looked great. He's taking L's, but he has obviously he's had two attempts and he's taking bronze both times. Um, I'm still taking Dake. I'm still taking Dake, and then it would be probably Cox then Gwiz. I think you're right. So I, I would go yeah, Dake for Green's also taking some losses. When you oh, look my. at these international rankings though on Flow, it's it's effing mind blowing. How many are Russia? I mean, I think like 61. 61. You want to hear the co- countries, ben, Tommy? It goes Russia. Well, you think about Russia. You think about Russia, last year. Russia, Georgia, Azerbaijan, Cuba. Russia, Russia. Belarus, Japan, Belarus. Uh, Mongolia, Russia. Iran, Bulgaria, Turkey, Russia. Ben, you think about last year, though. We won the world championships, and it took an astronomical historic american effort capped off by a win over sajalayev to close out the tournament to beat russia by the narrowest of margins and that was just a typical russian team yeah absolutely i mean when you look at some of these weight classes like that one is called, I named off i mean there's very few weight classes where we have two americans ranked there's a couple like uh i think steber and oliver um i think dake and deringer you know there's a few of them right but then you look at some of these other weight classes and you see, you know, say 86 kilograms. It's it's Trotty, Taylor, Russia, Russia, Russia. And then number seven is Italy. But it's Kudy Magomedov. That's a Russian. Number right. eight, Azerbaijan, Gatsiev. That's a Russian. Uh, I don't know this number 10 guy. Probably a Russian. You know? And right. so you go down the list and they're all, it's Turkey, the Turkey guy. He's a Russian. You know, it just, it's like yeah. Russian, 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 Russian. And it just shows, um, you know, and I've, I've advocated, and I guess um, it may be against American interests, I would still advocate for some type of system, wildcard system, where, you know, a country can take a few more guys past the 10, one per weight class. I think that'd be a lot of fun, but that's probably in Russia's best interest. I, I think it's in Russia's best interest, but I just think it's the truth. I think it's the right way to find out who the best on the planet is. And so I like it. Yeah, but damn, Russia's deep. Okay, so you, who'd you go for four and five, Tommy? Dake, I'm going. Dake I'm going big four, Cox five, Gwiz six, Green seven, and I cannot. I mean, that is such a freakish American team. I mean, yeah. that is insane. I got to go Cox five. I'm going Dig four because I just think he's yeah. He's got a great year. I think he's only taken a couple losses. Right, I'm going Cox five because he's got two medals. He's he's never not medaled. Never not medaled. Uh, hey, do you think do you think Dake and uh, Taylor are training together because they know that Dake's going down for uh, 2020, or do you think that Taylor just doesn't care? I don't know. It's a good think? question. I mean, they've been training together a lot. They've been uh, all the time. I think it's because Dake's going down. I never I never thought of it that way. Yeah. I mean, I you know, obviously they're friends, but man, that's, I mean, you know, David's life's been built around making an Olympic team. And if, if 
Dakin is in his way, I don't think that friendship is going to trump that. I don't know. That, no. That's just, not for like uh, deep camaraderie training camps together. I yeah. mean, it's it's one thing to work out together yeah. at a national team camp, yeah. but it's another thing to yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, man. Like if you look at Dake's weight class, it's Russia, USA, Russia, USA, Azerbaijan, Hassanov, and then it's Russia, Russia, Belarus, who I believe was a Russian, Russia, Russia, Iran, Russia, uh, USA, another Azerbaijan, which I believe is a Russian, Russia, Russia. Uzbekistan, who I know was in fact a, Ru- a Russian for sure. Right. I mean, good. God. We didn't even we didn't even mention Gilman, who Gilman's got a chance. He just took. Gilman he, is backed up. At, uh, he stepped onto the scene and got a silver, and he's probably wrestled like a top five in the world guy since then. Um. Well, I believe he lost at Pan Am's, uh, and then he did pretty well at Yasser Dogu, right? Um, I, I want to say he won it. Okay, so he I'm I'm on Flo's rankings right now, and they have him at number seven. Okay, so I think he must have lost to the Cuban guy, and I I don't know, man, I don't recall that if he won uh, the Oscar Dogu or not. Yeah, I mean Gilman's. I I, I have a hard time seeing. Um, I, have, I mean, okay, Steber could he's all over the board because he did just beat Haji Ali not too long Logan. ago, but Steber. well, but he man he he's been taking some L's, Tommy. Yeah, but I I literally forgot about him. Um, oh man, that's sad. It's a buck. Well, well, I I'll tell you this about Logan Steber. Um, I'm just Ben. I'm so far out of uh, out of it that it's hard for me to remember all this stuff. But uh, I saw I've seen Logan three or four times this summer. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look good. He looks great. He looks way more like you saw him just up. like going to a restaurant. And you saw him in the wrestling room. I've seen him in the room. Okay. I've been around him and literally just. Out of sight, out of mind. I didn't think of him in this, hmm. but I would put him. He, I would put him around the Cox, Cox level, the way the way that you know he's had some wow. big wins this year too. Yeah, he beat Hadji Leva, who was ranked number one. Yeah, and he's a world champion. Logan's but a world champion. He also champion. lost to Jaden Ironman, who who's tough. He but did. as far as winning a world championship, you know, he did. Friends. And then he had a, he had a tough loss at Yazar Dogu. And he almost lost to Evan Henderson. Remember that? Yeah, but but I'm I'm just not I'm just not gonna think that Logan Stever can't win a world championship. It's not in my blood. I'm from Ohio. I know the guy. Um so he's going back up on my list. I forgot about him. So uh, all right, fair. If that's what you say, Tommy, that's what you say. Stever, <laughs> Steve, until Stever can provide some more consistency, he is a little lower on my list. Yeah, I gotcha. Um you think Zane? So did you see this? This, uh, this maybe this is probably the last thing we'll talk about. We've been talking for a while. Uh, did, have you seen the Zane Oliver thing? Are you too far out? Yeah, I've, it's shenanigans. I've it. I've like I don't know. Like if the guy doesn't. I mean, listen. If I'm Rutherford, I'm probably wrestling because I love wrestling. I'll wrestle anyone at any time. Um, right. But if the dude doesn't want to wrestle, leave the man alone, right? <laughs> it's not like you're, this isn't like fighting where you're never gonna re- fight him. You know. If they're yeah. ducking you, you're going to see him at the open. You're going to see him at the trials. <laughs> like, just say, all right, sucker, I'll see you in six months, you know? It will happen. It it's will happen. happen. It has to. Right. So, who, okay, who do you give the edge to if they wrestle today? Who would I take? Yeah, you take Oliver or Rutherford. Today I'd take Oliver because I think, I think Zane's been taking some time off. <laughs> okay, come but, on. Uh, He's in peak form. If they're... 
I think I'd take Oliver in a freestyle match. I do. Okay. All right. So now who wins 65 kilo next year? I'll be taking Zane. I mean, I don't know. He just, he's just so freaking good. And I, and I know that Oliver's beaten him before. But the progression Zane has showed, I mean. I've watched. I've watched. I've, I've, I mean, Zane the freak. But I've watched him get taken down so many times against so many people. Who, Zane? And, yeah. Um, it, that, that I just feel like in a freestyle element, I just don't think his dominance is going to be as prevalent. Um, yeah, I mean, and, obviously you take away, take away the, the dominant top and he never got ridden. So, you know, he's great on both top and bottom. Um, but man, he made the team two years ago. So it's hard saying that, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's not going to improve. Right. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm going with him until proving, proving. All right, man. All right. And, uh, and wow, technical difficulties, which happens in our show since we're not that technical. What a, what a way to go out, Ben. What a, well, you know what? It, it is kind of fitting with all the technical difficulties we've had over the – I can't remember if this is two years. It's got to be three years. I do believe we started this show um, in 2015. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is a very fitting way to go. I thought I thought that was a fun show. We didn't have too many topics to talk about, um, and I thought we nailed them. I think Tommy, I am going to try to get you to come back on once you get back from the World Championship because that's going to be it. Dude, I'm in. I'm in. Okay. I, I, I particularly want to come on and talk about topics that it's like we should talk about that as opposed to like a current event. It's like, hey, let's talk about this part of the sport or the specific matchup or this duel or whatever, um, so we can really get after it. Yeah, well, that's going to be a lot of fun. So, Tommy, I will tell you, uh, thank you. You know, I, th- I think we were friends before this, but I think uh, we've learned a lot more about each other. I think it's been a blast. Uh, to all you who have listened, thank you guys. I think you guys have had fun. I appreciate you guys listening. Tommy, you have any farewells to say? No, thank you, Ben. I've had a blast, and I, I do think we've become better friends. I've had a lot of enjoyment just hearing from uh, the folks that enjoyed our podcast and not going away forever, but going away in the traditional sense. And we'll be around always. And uh, thanks for everything. And thanks for Defense Soap and Dollar and Matt for helping us support this podcast. That Without them, this would have been a lot tougher to do. Absolutely. So, guys, uh, thank you again. Stay tuned. It is going to be uh, about two weeks. I'll be back with you. I'll have a new guest host, and, uh, and we will be rolling. So thanks, guys. 109 episodes. Uh, what a journey. Tommy, I'll talk to you later. See you, brother. Thank you.